0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Make sure you check them out this week. We got the 250K Baller $10 entry with a $25,000 first place prize pool. Their weekly Yahoo Cup still happening for NFL. Put a lineup in. It's a free roll every week. And if you hit the perfect lineup, you could win $1 million. And with NBA started, they have an NBA Yahoo Cup and some great tournaments this opening week. So check them out. It's Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OG's podcast right here on Road I am your host, Chris Beermakers fan Prince. Joined, as always, by my boys, Notorious and Head Chopper, breaking down everything week eight on the main slate. So let's bring in my boys here. Chopper, let's get started with you, buddy. How was week seven? How's everything going man?
2: Yo, week seven was not good. All right. I'll say that it was not good, but... Even worse, what's piling on these days is uh, every time, you know, we're – later in the season it goes for baseball, every loss that the Astros get hit with, it just ruins my next day. (laughs) So, last night – we're doing this on Wednesday. Last night they lost to uh, Scherzer. So, this is a rough one, man. But, yeah, previous NFL week was not good either. So, everything's just piling on me right now.
1: Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat. I'm a Brewers fan, so seeing the Nationals there and just thinking back to the ground ball that goes between the dude's legs and Bill Buckner style, like this could have been us here in the World Series. But going way back on that one, my Week 7, not maybe not as bad as yours from what it sounds like, but not a great week for me either. A lot of things we'll get into as we go along here. But another interesting week. Derek, was your Week 7 productive?
3: Oh, it feels like it was so long ago. Uh, NBA started two days ago, and I feel like I've already done 10 days' worth of content. So uh, it's hard to remember back to Sunday. Um, so long ago. But, uh, yeah, I had Latavius Murray, so I had uh, the right piece there, and I didn't have anything around him. So uh, not a great week for me, but, um, yeah, that's just how it goes.
1: All right, and we move on to the next week. And if you are listening and you want to dabble in NBA, or you're new, you haven't played yet, make sure you get over to RG and check everything out. Derek's heading up. The projections over there now. So, great content, a lot of information, all the different slates. So, get over there and check that out if you want to get into some NBA, or even if you're a veteran NBA player. I think there's something there for everybody. But we are here to talk some football on that main slate. As always, if you're looking for Thursday night football, Sunday night, Monday night, we're not going to get into it here. Tons of great stuff over at Roto Grinders to get you covered there. So, First game we're going to get into here, Seattle and Atlanta, that is. Seattle, minus 5.5, half half on the total here. So, Derek, we'll get started with you here. Atlanta seems to be uh, throwing in the towel here on the season. Sounds like Matt Ryan should be available to play, but didn't look great limping off the field here. Seattle needs to recover after last week. So how do you see this one playing out? Big total here, somewhat of a close spread. Do you see a competitive game in this one?
3: Yeah, I guess it's all going to depend on whether Matt Ryan's going to suit up or not. Um, definitely don't trust his backup to keep this game close. But uh, for the Seahawks, I mean, we got to like everything on their side of the ball. Atlanta's been one of the worst defensive teams so far uh, in the NFL, 31st in DVOA uh, against the pass. And, you know, it's not like they're that much better against the run either. So uh, Russell Wilson in a really nice spot. You can pair him up with Tyler Lockett. We know Atlanta's. Secondary has been banged up. He can run most of his routes in the slot anyway, so I like him. Don't mind looking at uh, DK Metcalf as well. I think it's one of the rare spots where you can actually do a triple stack there with Russell Wilson. Uh, bring it back with Julio on the other side. But uh, Chris Carson is probably going to be one of the more popular plays of the week. Certainly, don't mind him. He continues to play, you know, a ton of snaps. I think he's playing like seventy to seventy-five percent uh, in the last three games. His price is reasonable. Uh, He's kind of right there with Leonard Fournette as one of those workhorse backs that just feels a little too cheap. So, uh, yeah, a lot to like on on the Seahawks side. Then for the Falcons, uh, I do like Julio Jones as a tournament play, assuming Matt Ryan's able to suit up. Uh, We know Ito Smith is not expected to play this week, so that could open up, you know, 70 to 80% of the snaps for Devontae Freeman. He's pretty cheap. We saw him get thrown out of the game trying to punch Aaron Donald. Uh, Not sure what he was doing there. Uh, And he was one of the reasons why my week – uh, seven didn't go as planned, but uh, yeah, I think he's fine at 5,500. I think it's just a good game stack overall, and uh, assuming Matt Ryan plays, if he's out, then it kind of hurts the fantasy pill, uphill on both sides. I could see the Seahawks getting out to a big lead, and uh, it'd be in the Chris Carson show.
1: Yeah, who the hell is picking a fight with Aaron Donald? <laughs> man, no, thank you, man. I'm i a pretty big dude. I want nothing to do with that guy, so Chop, you in agreement here? Is it, is it mostly Seattle for you? Anything on the Atlanta side? Any value pieces? I know Sanu was traded. Does that help anybody out, or is this all just hinge on Matt Ryan as of now?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming Matt Ryan is out. I just, I don't, I don't think he'll play. So, uh, yeah, if if that's the case, then I don't want any piece of this Atlanta team at all. Not with the, uh, not without Matt Ryan. So it, I don't want any of it this week. If. Matt Ryan's not playing. I'm done. So Seattle, though, I'm, I'm with I'm with Derek. This, Seattle should steamroll this game. I love their defense this week. If Matt Schaub is the starting quarterback, you fire that one up. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf, both good combos. And and Chris Carson's a nice play too. Yeah, it's just it's all Seattle here. Assuming Matt Schaub gets the start, which I think Matt Ryan will. I don't I do not think they'll run him out. I mean, I've seen him limping pretty heavily here. A couple of days ago i don't I don't think he, I don't think they run him out there this week.
1: yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's a para. They just thrown in the towel on the season. is Quinn fighting for his job? So he's going to roll Matt Ryan out there. I mean it's a lot of question marks on that side, but I agree with you guys, if he's not in there, pretty much a hands off for me in Atlanta, Seattle, I think it would go either way, passing game or with Chris Carson there, big total, and I could see that spread going up, so speaking of the spread, minus five and a half we have for Seattle. 53-and-a-half chop. You liking either of those?
2: That's a pretty big number for a road team, and I don't know the status of Matt Ryan. So, on on the spread, I say I I don't know. I I don't think I got a lean. I like the under, though, in this game. I like the under in this game. Uh, I could definitely see Seattle getting out to a lead and then just grinding Chris Carson for – 22 or 23 carries and then some other sprinkling some other carries for some from some other running backs and and turn it into a running game the second half so I like the under
1: I'm on that old man under with you Uh, I mean this offense we expected so much from Atlanta just hasn't been there the yards seem to be there but they're just not scoring points and I agree Seattle gets up they're going to do what they do and and that's run the ball uh, and take the air out of the ball run the clock so I will go under that number seems a bit high to me as well I would have said it around 50-51. So give me the under there. Derek, what do you got here? Minus five and a half, 53 and a half.
3: Yeah, make it three for three. I like the under as well. do uh, the, the Seahawks can kind of control the line of scrimmage in this one, and uh, I don't mind taking the Seahawks here. I know road favorites aren't necessarily our favorite to bet on, but uh, I just think the Falcons are done.
1: All right, moving on. Next game for us is going to be Philly and Buffalo. Buffalo minus two and a half, 43 and a half on the total here. Buffalo coming off a win as we expected. Against Miami, it wasn't pretty at times, but they did get the job done. Philly, rough one there in Dallas. I mean, Dallas just took it to them there from start to finish, 37-10 to 10 in that game. So, Chop, I guess the big question here, does Philly respond? I mean, they're a good team. A lot of weapons here can be frustrating for us playing DFS because they do have so many weapons. And Buffalo, a very good defense. Do we go back to Philadelphia here, or are you taking another week off of them?
2: I think uh... – I think this is a good week to get on Philly, the Philly train. This week, uh, everybody's kind of like left the station on them now, after what after what we just saw. So I think it's a good week to get back on them. Uh, I know Buffalo has a good team, but you know if push comes to shove, Philly can be a can be a good offense. You know when Wentz is on his game. So I'll, I'll take a stab at at Wince being in uh, pretty decent this week and. You know, Zach Ertz, looking back, even before that game against Dallas, you look back at what Dallas has been able to do to Zach Ertz, they've pretty much contained him for the most part in almost every game over the past few years. So I wasn't surprised Zach Ertz didn't get off. This is a good week for Zach Ertz to bounce back here. And if that happens, then it'll get things rolling for the Philly offense. So I I like Wentz, I like Ertz, and then assuming Jackson's out again with – it looks like, you know, I think I, think I could take a shot on Nelson Aguilar. Maybe he actually catches one of these long passes this week. And then on the flip side, you got you got to like Josh Allen and John Brown again this week against the secondary. Running backs I can't mess with. That's just too much of a mess right there. But uh, I don't mind the passing game here for Buffalo, spearheaded by John Brown.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I know I think it was you that brought up Dawson Knox last week. One of you guys did. Uh, I don't mind going back there. I did see five targets. It's only 2,900, but – you definitely want to attack this Philadelphia secondary. So it was very high on Allen. John Brown last week, I'm going to go back to that. Well, Philly, having a hard time getting excited about that side. So Chop seems to like it. Derek, where do you land on Philly mainly?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure I agree on the Philly side. I mean, I do think if Deshaun Jackson's able to return, I don't think he will. But uh, that would be a huge boost for the offense. We've seen what he's done. Uh, to offenses, even when he's not being or having big plays, just being on the field just opens up so much for the rest of the team. I think I'm fine going with Ertz if you do want to stack Allen and Brown on the other side. But I'm probably not going to be playing a lot from uh, this team. The Bills on the season, they're ranked seventh or better, and fantasy points allowed to every single position uh, on the field. And then for Buffalo, yeah, like Chuck mentioned, the running back situation is kind of a mess now. Singletary in his first week bag played 39% of the snaps, score played 54%, so that's going to be a timeshare moving forward. And, yeah, the best way to beat the Eagles is through the air. Um, Their corners have been very bad this season, so I love Brown. Still 5,900 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings as well, Uh, but one of the better point-per-dollar options, at least when you consider upside of the slate, and Josh Allen just always gives you that upside as well. So I love those two, and then if you want to bring it back with somebody, don't mind going to
1: Ertz. All right, let's take a look at the line here, sitting at two-and-a-half, and And, uh, I'm going to take Philly here, I think. Uh, This line has kind of had some movement. Uh, It's gone to two in some spots, uh, one and a half in one spot I'm looking at. So uh, I think there's some good action on Philly and and choppy nail. I think people are writing them off, and this is a good time. Uh, This number, if Buffalo's that good, this number should be higher for them at home, and they kind of struggle a little bit at times with Miami. So I'm going to go with Philly uh, and the points here. Derek, where do you land on the spread or the total at 43 and a half?
3: I wish it was a field goal. Then I would feel a little bit better about Philly, but I will take the over. I mean, 43 points seems pretty low. I think the Bills can put up some points in this one, and uh, the Eagles can't be as bad as they were
2: last week. So, yeah, give me the over.
1: Chop, what do you got?
2: I'll agree with both of you. I like Philly and over.
1: (laughs) All right, easy-peasy. Next game for us, Chargers and Chicago Bears. Minus four here at home, 41 on the total here. And uh, both teams, uh, kind of a rough showing last week, Chicago – couldn't get the job done against uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Came in there and they won that game pretty handily. The Chargers struggled with Tennessee. Ended up losing 23-20. So uh, two teams desperately need a win here. Chargers down to 2-5. and five. Bears sitting at 3-3. Three and three, So Derek, let's go to you on this one. 41-point total, generally not a game that we're looking for for a lot of fantasy goodness. Oh, do we have anything here? Because these are two teams that are, that are struggling mightily right now.
3: Oh, man, you know, I don't have a lot of hair left on my head, but if I was a Chargers fan, I would be completely bald. Um, I, can, I don't even know... What's going on there? Melvin Gordon just week in and week out. He lost them at least two games this season. Should have got in on both of those carries at the one-yard line. They had Austin Eckler lead them all the way down the field, and then they take him out for Gordon. Um, I just – I don't know what they're doing right now. They need to be playing Gordon or Eckler more, but um, they're coaches. They're NFL coaches. We don't know why they do what they do. But uh, until that changes, I don't think you can trust either of them. Um, Eckler's still going to get some work in the pass game, but I just don't want to play anyone there. Keenan Allen, it seems like it could be a good bounce-back spot. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, over the last three weeks with uh, Mike Williams and Hunter Henry back, they've all had between 20 and 21% of the target share. So, if I'm just chasing the targets, might as well take the cheaper options. Mike Williams, only 4K on DraftKings. Uh, Hunter Henry, back-to-back good games, only 4,900 on DraftKings. So I think I would lean there. And then for the Bears, uh, yeah, Trubisky just looks awful. Uh, might be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL At this point, David Montgomery only got one touch in the first half last week and then uh, didn't really do much in the second half either. The only play that I really feel great about in this game is Allen Robinson. He does have the second highest weighted opportunity rating of any uh, wide receiver in the NFL this season. Uh, even in, with Trubisky back there, I think he still you know offers some upside. Uh, you know he's a great route runner, and he should be able to avoid Casey Hayward for at least some of the game. Uh, Hayward's only played five snaps in the slot all year. Robinson plays roughly around thirty-three percent of his snaps in the slot. So I like a Rob. I like Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, but uh, overall not a great game.
1: Yeah, it's it's not a great game. So chop two questions for you. First of all, what, what did Allen Robinson do in a previous life to to get Blake Bortles, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, this guy's had some terrible quarterbacks. And then Tariq Cohen gets 12 targets, catches nine balls, 19 yards on those nine catches. I mean, this just a disaster. What is happening here? Can you find any value in this game?
2: Well, I'm not 100% correct on this, but didn't Allen Robinson also have Christian Hackenberg at Penn State? I'm not <laughs> I, sure about
1: that. I, I'm pretty sure about that. Uh,
2: yes. He might have had Christian Hackenberg years. So – Poor guy. He's actually a great wide receiver that just doesn't – yeah, you're right. He just – he can't find a good quarterback. So, he's the only guy that even remotely interests me for Chicago is Allen Robinson. That that running game is a mess. Man, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, at the beginning of last year, he came out with some big fantasy games. And I was thinking, this guy's not bad, you know. If you piece him in the right system, he might be pretty good. He's terrible, man. Oh, yeah. I like – I watched him this Sunday for the first time in a while, just – He's just terrible. So I, I, that just that's a that's a tough spot for me to mess with any Chicago Bears. There on the flip side, Derek nailed it as far as what in the hell are they doing, <laughs> with giving all these touches to Melvin? Like at some point, you have to realize that this guy is just not good right now. I don't know if he's ever going to be good. I don't know if you know the wear and tear. of The NFL is already beat up on him, and that's why he was scared to come in and without a bigger contract. But he just doesn't look good at all. So, uh, Eckler needs to get the touches. That's where my money would go this week is thinking that they're finally smarting up just to touch and get Eckler, get Eckler more touches in this game. So, uh, I would go there. I'm not a big fan of the wide receivers in this game. You know, Chicago proved last week that if there is a weakness, it is – defending the run i mean latavius murray was all over them so maybe the eckler gets a few more carries and he can do some damage with them but i'm with you guys just not a big fan of this game in general
1: yeah and you look at eckler compared to cohen gets seven receptions on eight targets for 118 yards so i think eckler very interesting here i get you know you look at the prices uh 5400 for gordon i think people are going to look at that say i gotta play him over eckler where eckler's probably the better play at this point so uh, i guess if there's anything in this game uh, probably Austin Eckler for me. Line sitting at minus four, chop. Very low total at forty-one. Uh, you like either of those?
2: Um, the four does not interest me, and the forty-one. Yeah, I, mean, I could I could see twenty-seven or twenty-four, seventeen. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good lineup. I, I don't see anything with that that I could mess with.
1: Yeah, I mean I liked the Bears last week with the four, and New Orleans just put it on them, so it, it feels about the same. I'll go over here. 41, I think these offenses can, can do a little bit of damage. I don't see it going way over, but give me over 41. Derek, what do you got?
3: Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky should not be a four-point favorite at any point against any NFL uh, team at this point in time. So uh, give me the Chargers. Give me the Chargers uh, on the money line. There
1: you go. Money line play. I like it. All right, next game we got the Giants and the Lions, another two teams that really struggled last week. Giants losing at home to Arizona, Detroit, Losing at home to Minnesota, getting just throttled there in the NFC North. So Lions, seven-point favorites here at home, 49-point total chop. I think this one could be a a very interesting game, a stackable game. Who are the pieces that stand out the most?
2: Well, for the Giants, they finally look like they're going to be healthy with Tate, Shepard, Ingram, and Saquon all back with Daniel Jones for the first time. So they are going to be intriguing, although I thought they were intriguing last week at home against Arizona and they got smashed. So take that for what it's worth. But I think uh I think I could play some uh they could get I think I can get on the golden Tate train here. And Saquon obviously is always a week in and week out play. But Tate coming out of that slot looks really interesting to me. Uh on for the Detroit Lions we've got the uh value running back here, Ty Johnson. I actually think I prefer saving even more money and and going McKissick in this game. I think uh they pass him I pass a little bit more to their backs. So I don't think they're going to just straight up run the ball as much as they were with we carry-on. So, I'll take the, pa- the pass catcher, McKissick. Galladay's going to bounce back this week after Marvin Jones totally showed him up with the four touchdowns. This is a Galladay week. So, I'm on Stafford again. Stafford's been really good this year, by the way. He's, has, he's had some serious upside. Stafford, Galladay, and a little J.D. McKissick. I don't know if you guys are catching that noise in the background but don't be alarmed it's just one of my boys he's he's practicing the saxophone man i got a freaking kenny g over here man hey,
1: <laughs> a future superstar over there i like it. it sounded like somebody was cracking beers open like that's <laughs> my kind of party here but it's a little saxophone action so better than the dog sparking at the amazon guy we'll, we'll take a little nice sax in the background is, is he mastering it yet or is it just pure noise at this point
2: no he's he could do a few songs he's uh He's in the junior high band thing. So, you know, he's got a few songs he can do. But, I mean, yeah, it's just – it's loud, man. Let's just put it like that. It's, that's why I sent his ass to – that's why I sent him to the garage.
1: Yeah, we can have him play a little background music while we talk some football here one of these weeks. So, I agree with you, though, on some of the calls in Detroit. I love Galladay this week. One of my favorite plays. You nailed it with Marvin Jones. Everyone's going to want to go back there. I like Galladay, I like Stafford, and I love the McKissick call as well. Ty Johnson, the hot waiver wire pickup, everyone's going to want to play him in DFS. Uh, I don't mind going down to McKissick, who uh, basically a wide receiver playing running back, so can get involved in the passing game, and neither defense is going to be able to stop the other team. So, like those calls there, Chop, I agree with you there. Derek, your thoughts here, Giants and Lions?
3: I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Kenny Galladay, great bounce back spot. Anytime he's similarly priced to Marvin Jones, I would definitely prefer Galladay. Uh, More target share, more air yard share. Uh, Giants don't have any good uh, secondary pieces. So, I do like Galladay to bounce back. I think Ty Johnson, uh, I'll probably have him in my main lineup just because it's hard to pass up on those running backs that are uh, going to fill in at a discounted price point. Uh, after on went down, he did play 72% of the snaps. Uh, McKissick will get you know most of the pass work, but this is a game where their favorite bad touchdowns, so I still think uh, Johnson's going to have plenty of opportunities in this one. Um, but I don't mind getting uh, some exposure to McKissick as well in tournaments. And then for the Giants, yeah, with everyone healthy, it's kind of hard to know – where to go with this offense it's a pretty good matchup um the lions have allowed more fantasy points uh than any other team to running backs uh when you adjust by schedule so i do think it's an interesting spot for saquon barkley uh kind of back to a full-time role last week 86 percent of the snaps 21 touches so i think he's interesting i don't think a lot of people will pay all the way up for him uh we know he has slate breaking type of upside but don't really know which receiver to trust uh, might be a good bounce back spot for ingram just because i think everyone's going to go to waller this week And we know he's got, you know, 100 plus yard upside. All
1: right, Derek, we got minus seven for the Lions, 49 on the total.
3: Don't feel great about the seven. Uh, I will take the over, though.
1: Taking the over, I think I'm going to take the Giants in the points. Uh, I wonder if the Lions are going to cash it in. Carry on Johnson to IR. uh, They trade Quandre Diggs for a bag of footballs to Seattle uh, during the middle of the week for some reason. And. Uh, a lot of a lot of uproar about uh, what this team is doing. So uh, I think they come out uninspired here after after Minnesota put it on them. Give me the seven and the Giants chop. What do you got?
2: I want the underdog. Also, it's uh, I'm curious to see how this offense looks with with all their uh, weapons
1: intact. Yeah, should be an interesting one. But like I said, definitely a, a stackable game. So let's move on, Derek. We got your Jacksonville Jags up next, minus six at home against the New York Jets. Jets side, I think we're waiting on Sam Darnold, had a toenail removed. How, how damn painful is it to have a toenail removed during a game where you lose 33 to nothing? I mean, he was absolutely terrible. I had some hopes the Jets could compete in that game. Just didn't happen. So, tough one here. Going to Jacksonville. Derek, are you touching anything on the Jets side, or are we just waiting to see mode on Darnold? And then the Jags. Is it just simply back to Leonard Fournette? You feel good about the passing game? How are we attacking this jet, Steve?
3: So, first off, did we ever figure out what he was talking about with the ghosts?
1: No. Yeah, that's another. I don't, this, I don't know what's going on with this dude, man. There's <laughs> a, a lot going on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I did play him in showdown, uh,
3: so it was nice to get negative fantasy points for four quarters. Um, that's so we him? thought
1: Baker Mayfield had set the bar with this one fantasy point. <laughs> Here comes this guy with negative points.
3: They even played him in the last couple drives when they were down like 33 to nothing or whatever, and he still couldn't get anything going. So, uh, yeah, don't want to play him this week. I think Le'Veon Bell is interesting. Uh, He's one of the few guys that's getting, you know, 90-plus percent of the snaps at running back. A 6,900 is a good price point, and, you know, we know he's going to get a lot of uh, targets through the air. Uh, Jacksonville not very good against the run, 27th in DVOA this season. And then if you want to look to Jameson Crowder, I don't mind him, uh, but not really a guy that I, you know, look to force into my lineups. He's probably a better cash game play than tournament option. And then for the Jaguars – Uh, Nobody in football has more positive touchdown regression, if you want to call it that, than Leonard Fournette. He's had 172 touches this season, one touchdown. Uh, The next closest is uh, 100 touches uh, for one touchdown. I can't remember who it was, but um, it's not even close. So I think he's going to get some more touchdowns moving forward. You know, Jags have been able to move the ball. They just haven't been able to get in the end zone. That's a good matchup against the Jets. They've allowed the fourth most schedule-adjusted fantasy points to the position, so love the spot for Fournette. Don't mind going back to DJ Chark. Um, just continues to be the upside guy. Westbrook continues to get you know more targets than he should, and you know he had a decent game last week. But uh, I like the Jaguars in this one, and uh, don't mind going with a couple of them uh, with Fournette and Chark.
1: Yeah, this feels like one of those he could, he could score two, three touchdowns. You're right. I mean, the dude's got 900 and 918 yards and one touchdown. Uh, absolutely crazy. So I like Fournette again, just getting a huge workload price, finally getting up to where it should be, so it's not as much of a gimme as it's been. But I think it can go a lot of different directions with Jacksonville, so that's my focus here as well. Shop your thoughts here, Jets and Jags?
2: Yeah, the Jets just don't excite me, right? I mean, it's just not a good offense. So I don't, I don't think I can, I don't think I'm gonna reach for any of them. Maybe Le'Veon Bell, but I don't even like that one that much either. So I'm not excited about the Jets. Jaguars, yeah, Fournette's been a workhorse. Get him. I like that one. Uh, Shark and Westbrook. I'm just totally undecided on. You know, Shark with. Hit, that was really that guy for much of the early season. These last couple of games, Westbrook's impressed me. He's finally getting the targets and he's finally coming around. So I don't know if this was just the way it was meant to be all along and they just had a rough first few weeks or if we're going to go back to Shark now. So those guys are a toss up for me. I'm keeping them both in my player pool. 41.5 doesn't totally excite me either in here, but clearly Fournette is the guy here. So Fournette
1: that it is. Uh, it sounds like all of us. So minus six, always a good spot for a running back at home. Chop, what do you think of the line there? Forty-one and a half on the total.
2: I'm going to say home favorite here. Six is right around I, – I think we can get there with Jacksonville, so I'll take Jacksonville here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, under seven uh, somewhat feels fishy to me, so sometimes you wonder, but – uh, I think that minus six is, uh, yeah, I'll go with the Jags as well. I don't really love either of these, but I think they can get it done, win by uh, 10 or more. Derek, your thoughts here? I know you're taking the Jags 41 and a half, doing anything with the total. Yeah, I was going to
3: say, you already know where I'm at uh, with, the, <laughs> with the spread, but I uh, don't feel great about the total. I think you know both these defenses are worse than we think they are, so uh, maybe look at the over.
1: All right, next one we have Cincinnati, who's just been an absolute disaster going to the Rams, uh, who got things going in Atlanta, put up some points. Uh, Gurley was involved. Golf looked better. Uh, they kind of took their foot off the gas there in the second half a little bit. So 13-point favorites here at home, 48-and-a-half on this total. It's just, I think it's all systems go here for the Rams. Chop the big question here is big spread. Do you worry about Todd Gurley here? I know a lot of people are going to want to go there and play him, but any concerns with this game getting out of hand? And maybe with all the starters, do they get pulled? Does that factor into your research this week?
2: Uh, no, I, that's, that's not really factoring in. So what, what's factoring in for me is that, uh, you know, Cincinnati's weakness here is against the run, run running teams, the running backs. And I I vowed I didn't want to play Gurley this year. But he hasn't looked terrible. I mean, he did make a sweet catch last week to get a touchdown, but that's about all he did. Uh, But, man, if you want to attack Cincinnati, they do shut off those wide receivers really well. Even with all those injuries last week, and I don't know the status of their cornerbacks this week, but even with those injuries last week against Jacksonville – there wasn't – they didn't do a ton through the air. Westbrook caught some passes, uh, obviously, West – not – yeah. Yeah, Westbrook. But, uh, you know, other than that, Shark, they shut Shark down pretty good and they did a good job except for Fournette. So, if you want to attack him you attack him on the ground. That's where – you know what? Maybe we throw a whole darn monkey wrench on him and Malcolm Brown is out again and we go Daryl Henderson. Maybe Daryl Henderson gets – finally creeps up around 15 carries this game somehow. That'll be my dark horse. How about that? I'll go Daryl Henderson. The other stuff, like, I don't – this big of a spread against a fairly good pass defense, I don't think I need to take a chance on super expensive wide receivers. I mean, Cooper Cup is the guy, but 7,500, it's a blowout. I'd have to get there all in the first half. I don't think I want to mess around with all that. So, I think I'm going to go dark horse here, go Daryl Henderson. And on the other side, uh, less than an 18-team total. Mixon's not been particularly good. I don't see Tyler Boyd. And now now we got Jalen Ramsey to worry about shutting somebody down. So I can pass on Cincinnati.
1: Damn, Joe Mixon. Ten carries for two yards. <laughs> Give me ten carries. I'm going to get more than two
2: yards.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to
1: rumble forward for at least three here. Oh my, this, if he didn't get it done last week, I know he found the end zone. But, my goodness, it, it's just – and you feel bad. It's not Joe Mixon. This line is absolutely terrible. Now they have to deal with Aaron Donald. So uh, the Rams D probably going to be the most popular defense, but with good reason and cash games. If you can make it work, I'm going there. But this is all Rams for me, Derek. It's just which way do you want to go? Do you see anything to go to on the Cincy side here?
3: Well, if they're going to move the ball, if they're going to score any points, it's going to be through the air. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to get anything going on the ground. They're probably going to be trailing anyway. So I don't mind looking at Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's still man in the slot, so we should be able to avoid Jalen Ramsey on the outside. Saw 14 targets last week. Didn't do much with them, but uh, maybe this is the game that gets him going a little bit. This is the cheapest that he's been all season. And then for the Rams, yeah, like Todd mentioned, they've been uh, the Bengals have been pretty good against wide receivers. They've allowed the six fewest fantasy points per game, so maybe they do, uh, you know, keep those receivers a little bit quiet. And if that's the case, you got to think uh, Todd Gurley maybe uh, gets going a little bit. I know I'm still chasing that production from a couple years ago, but uh, did play 61 percent of the snaps last week, 19 touches. Uh, I think I don't know. I think people are hesitant to go to Todd Gurley just because he's burned so many people. Uh, myself included. But I think he's in a pretty good spot. And then if you don't want to trust any of the receivers, just go with Jared Goff. We know he's got great splits at home. Uh, The Rams have been bad – or sorry, the Bengals have been bad against quarterbacks. So maybe you just play him naked and not worry about who to pair him up with.
1: All right, 13 on that spread, 48 and a half. So some big numbers here, Derek. What do you think?
3: I think this is a route. Give me the Rams.
1: Yeah, I think the Rams getting healthy last week. Uh, I think they're going to start rolling a little bit. And maybe not to what we saw last season, but I just don't see Cincinnati putting up a fight here. Maybe they scored 7-14, but I see the Rams in the 30s. So uh, I'll take the Rams here minus the 13 as well. Total, again, I worry about Cincinnati, so I'll stick with the Rams. Chop, what do you think here?
2: Well, since I like Daryl Henderson, I've got to take the Rams here and look for them to jump out to a lead. And then I need some Daryl Henderson carries in the second half, who's a better runner right now than Todd Gurley. So he does not let Cincinnati come back and bust that big spread. He actually puts even more separations. So give me the Rams.
1: All right, like that Henderson call, and he was the the value play I wanted to go off last week. The guy that did go off last week that you needed to have Chase Edmonds, so we'll move on. Arizona and New Orleans, Saints, big favorites here, minus 10.5, 48.5 on that total. So another game similar to the last one, big spread, high total here, a lot of question marks. Uh, Does David Johnson play here? I think you get another Chase Edmonds game. But can we play him at at 6,200 coming off that game, Derek?
3: I mean, if David Johnson's out, I think you can certainly play him. Uh, you know, we know the Saints have been good against the run, but still it's going to be a workhorse situation if David Johnson ends up being out, didn't practice on Wednesday. I think it's a decent spot for Kyler Murray. I know he really struggled against the Giants, but they were just up by so much that they didn't really have to do much in the passing game. And, and they're going to be trailing in this one, so uh, he could uh, definitely air it out. Um, I don't mind looking to Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be really low owned. And then I uh, just got to wait and see with Kirk if he ends up being out again. I do think Fitz could be a little bit interesting. I know he's let us down a lot recently, but he should be able to avoid the coverage of Marshawn Lattimore, who only plays 5% of his uh, snaps in the slot. Uh, Fitz is like 90% snaps in the slot. So uh, I think – Targets could funnel his way. Uh, And then for the Saints, it's just a wait-and-see approach. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, both questionable. I kind of expect both to be out this week. Um, And if that's the case, fire up Latavius Murray once again. 6,200 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. Uh, I was able to get 150 yards and two touchdowns against a pretty good Bears defense. Uh, Now gets to go up against the Cardinals. So would love Kamara. And then Michael Thomas firmly in play as well, regardless of who is under center. Um, We've seen Bridgewater pepper him we've seen breeze pepper him i think it's a great spot for him uh the cardinals past defense isn't all that great i know they got patrick peterson back but um i'll take my chances with nt against anyone right now
1: all right chop your thoughts here cards and saints uh
2: i would say that uh i also agree that i don't think we see the two stars for new orleans this week uh if i'm not mistaken next week is their bye week So, you know, give them some extra rest, man. Sit them out this game and they get a lot of time to heal. So, I expect some more Latavius Murray here in this game and and Michael Thomas. And uh, so, the problem with Murray is that this is a tough run defense. They really want to shut down the run. So, I don't know if it's going to be – it may be – it's weird to say this, but it may be a harder game this week against Arizona than it was last week against the Bears, and we think of the Bears as a great defense. but So I don't know if I'm on this train. I'm also like the Michael Thomas, I don't know if I'm on that one either. Patrick Peterson, he was a shutdown corner last we saw him. I don't know about last week, but last year, I don't know, you know. If he was a shutdown corner because he was on the juice or, you know, or if he's just really good. So, I don't know if I want Michael Thomas this week either. This is a tough one for me. On the Arizona side, again, I can't mess around with the running backs. New Orleans is – I read a stat somewhere uh, this past week. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in like two years or something like that. I don't want running backs against New Orleans, so I can't even mess with – Either one of those players, if David Johnson was out, I couldn't even mess with Chase Edmonds. He's like you said, sixty two hundred. Larry Fitzgerald, man, he ain't getting it done. We had, he had his old man first three weeks. Yep. <laughs> He's worn out now. We we knew that was coming. Everybody who listens to this show knows we know all about the old man stuff. After the first like it's like that song, You I'm I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm a good, I'm as good once as I ever was. Well, he's got about one or two weeks (laughs) in him throughout the year and that's it. Now he's done. So I need Christian Kirk to come back here and then maybe I can think about playing an Arizona to an Arizona guy. I don't like this game very much at all. So, and by the way, that was pretty bushly what they did with David Johnson last week, man. I don't, you know, I I don't know uh, what exactly what happened there, but uh, that was, if they really did just want to use him, in an emergency, and they let him play the first carry, that's terrible. If they just wanted to use him for an emergency and they didn't put him on the inactive list and, and didn't let us really know that, that's Bush League. So, either, any way you cut it, it was just a really bad deal by Kingsbury there.
1: Yeah, why give the guy one carry? Like, what, what, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, that was frustrating. I mean, I had him in a couple lineups. I uh, did not have much Chase Edmonds, unfortunately, but uh, some season long leagues. I know people are feeling the sting there as well. You played him. You got that score, it's how it goes, but definitely frustrating. So I'm with you, Chop. I think I'm more with Chop here. I, th- this game is a high total. There's not a ton I like, and I know there's a lot of injuries that we're waiting on here uh, in this one. So maybe something opens up, but the New Orleans defense is for real. I, I don't know the Arizona offense going to be able to get things done. So the Saints D may actually be in play for me as well, paired up uh, with the Latavius Murray for sure, if Camara's out. Once again, so ten and a half here chop forty eight and a half on that total, anything stand out there
2: uh yeah, I'm going because of everything we said i can I can see this game going under because I don't like position players very much, so i think I think this game's going under.
1: I am with you on the under again, feel- feeling old manish here this week, so a, a, <laughs> a big total, but I don't think Arizona gets there so. Under for me as well. Derek, what do you got?
3: Ten and a half feels like a lot to me. Uh, I think the Cardinals can maybe cover late, so I'll take the 10 and a half and a half and don't hate the under either.
1: All right, next game, we have Tampa Bay and Tennessee here. Uh, Tennessee minus two and a half at home, 45 and a half on the total. So two teams that, you know, Tennessee wants to slow things down, spread the ball out. Uh, Tannehill got the job done last week. Tampa Bay, how do they respond here, Chop? Did they come in? They get things done against a good defense. Is it a Godwin week? Is it an Evans week? Uh, What are we doing with Tampa Bay?
2: Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay coming off of a little bit of rest. I always like that. So, I'm firing them up for sure. Uh, I like me some Winston. Uh, Evans, I'm a little bit iffy on. Godwin, I think, is the guy I want to target here in this receiving core this week. I think that's big time. I mean, I'm looking at Ronald Jones like, all right, man, they may finally turn him loose, but I don't know if this is the best matchup uh, for him to get in. I don't know. I have so much love here for Godwin and Winston that I, I, don't, I don't see myself playing a whole lot of Ronald Jones, but he's very tempting for me because I think they're finally going give to him, give him some run here. On the flip side, uh, yeah, Tennessee looked a lot better in the passing game last week than, uh, than they have with Mariota in a long time. I think it's uh, eventually when we see it pan out to Tannehill, I think his favorite target is going to be Corey Davis. I I know A.J. Brown, I believe, got one more target than Davis last week, but that was a bit of a different matchup for him, so uh, a tougher matchup. So this week they should be able to pass the ball really well. I think it's a Corey Davis week. Tampa Bay is selling out to stop the run so I don't think I want Derrick Henry when you say that Derrick Henry could always step up and score like three touchdowns that's just what he does they're at home you definitely want Derrick Henry at home but Tampa Bay's been really good against the run they've been terrible against the pass I think I could play Tany Hill here I think I could play as two wide receivers and I think I prefer Corey Davis out of those guys
1: yeah, I went back to Derrick Henry well. Again, not a guy I normally play. It was a little better this week than he was against Denver. Found the end zone. To, uh, 22 carries is encouraging. So uh, he would be the guy for me, mainly on a fan duel. Uh, Tampa Bay, I, I think he makes mix and match those receivers. Uh, I think you can utilize both guys here. So, Derrick, what do you think here? Kind of a middling total, close spread. Uh, should be an intriguing game, but is it is it stackable? Is, it- is it- Do we go that far with this game, or – Just bits and pieces.
3: I think the game could get overlooked because when I first uh, saw these two teams squaring off, I was like, I don't really want to play anybody. But uh, if you dive into a little bit deeper, I think there's some interesting options. Uh, I don't have access to the buy low air yards model anymore, but um, Mike Evans has to be near the very top. I mean, he has 464 receiving yards, 829 air yards. Uh, compared to Godwin, who has more receiving yards than air yards. So got to think Evans is up there. Um, I think you get exposure to both of them in tournaments. We've seen one of them go off pretty much every week so far this season. If I'm deciding between the two, I'll go with Evans just because he is a little bit cheaper. Uh, No interest in the running backs there. I think Winston's cheap enough that you can uh, play him as well. And then, yeah, for the Titans, I think Henry has at least 100 yards or a touchdown at home in some crazy uh, number of games in a row. Uh, So I don't hate him in tournaments. You can always pair him up with the Titans' defense. We know Winston does turn the ball over quite a bit. And, yeah, like Chad mentioned, I think Corey Davis is going to be Tannehill's favorite target. We saw him finally get loose last week. Uh, Delaney Walker didn't practice on Wednesday, missed uh, most of last game. So if he ends up being out again, do think that will open up more targets for Davis and uh, maybe Brown as well. So I think this game's interesting, and I do think it's going to uh, under, go under-owned uh, in tournaments.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. That's why it's one I think to dig in on and take some stands because this one could go completely overlooked. Anytime Tennessee is on the slate, uh, people just kind of shy away from those games it seems like. So this one interesting, no doubt. All right, Derek, what do you got here? We got two and a half on the spread, 45 and a half, uh, 45 and a half that is on the total.
3: I think Mariota being out uh, adds like seven points to the Titans. So <laughs> give me give me two and a half.
1: <laughs> oh man, what a what a dumpster fire with them quarterbacks. Chop. What do you think here on the total and the spread?
2: I like the over because I think there's going to be a lot of passing in this game, a lot of successful passing. So I'm taking the over.
1: I'm going to go over as well. I I don't have a strong feeling. It it seems like when you think Tennessee is going to win, things are going good. They're always at minus two, minus three point home favorites. Uh, They let you down when you don't expect them to do something. Uh, They blow up. So I'm going to leave the spread alone. I'm going to agree on the total here. I think Tampa can put some points up. Tennessee probably good for something in the 20s. So give me that over as well. All right, last game here in the early window for us. we got Denver – and Indy, the, Indy's the six-point home favorites, 44 in the total. And, Derek, that Indy offense looked pretty good. Jacoby Brissett uh, continues to get overlooked here, but I think he can go right back to the well here once again this week.
3: Yeah, best line of the week on Twitter uh, was thanks to Chop about T.Y. Hilton. What did you say about uh, when they were talking about his splits again? Um, y'all keep uh oh, projecting,
2: yeah. Y'all keep projecting, I'll keep collecting. Come on now, you <laughs> oh, can't, so you good, can. yeah, man. You know, uh, yeah, the yeah, you look at projections, but I don't, uh, you know, you shouldn't follow them to a T, you gotta know that, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I
3: thought that was great. And then Hilton came through, uh, so I certainly don't mind uh, going back to him uh, at home. Uh, Denver secondary, he might draw Chris Harris. um, but So 6,100 is a pretty good price point there. I think this is the game where Marlon Mack gets going a little bit. Uh, He just doesn't – if anybody uses projection models, he doesn't pop in any of them. I looked at uh, quite a few this week. Doesn't look like he's going to get much ownership, uh, even though they are playing at home as a pretty big favorite. So I think Mack would probably be my guy for – Indianapolis, And then for Denver, uh, with Emmanuel Sanders gone, I do think everyone's going to go to Corlin Sutton. Certainly don't mind it. I mean, he's going to get more targets, and he's cheap price point across the industry. But we know the Colts, they like to play that cover too with those deep safeties. Uh, we it opens up a lot of things underneath. So I think Deshaun Hamilton is going to be the guy that I look to. 4,800 on FanDuel, 3,300 on DraftKings. Going to step in as that number two wide receiver, and uh, I think he's in for a pretty big game here.
1: I mean, you got to love the DraftKings price for for sure. I mean, PPR is kind of his thing. So uh, he's interesting. We'll see if some of these younger guys uh, get an opportunity. uh, Winfrey was a a guy that I've stashed in some dynasty leagues. So we'll see if he gets an opportunity. But somebody's going to have to step up there and, and fill that void. I mean, Sanders hasn't been great every week, but it's still some big shoes to fill. So interesting on the Denver side for sure. Chop! I'm all aboard in Indianapolis here. India, i think they roll. So it could go the passing game, could go Mac. I agree with all of that. One side stand out more than the other for you?
2: I mean, please, for the love of God, please let it be a Marlin Mac week. I—I'm I, gonna go broke if if it keeps on <laughs> failing me like. <laughs> I've got such – I don't know why, man, but I'm just drawn to, like, that type of player. He gets hit behind that big offensive line, and, and they like to feed him sometimes, and and they tempt us and tease us, and so we think we can play him in all these matchups, and then he puts up these dud, dud after dud, and it's quite draining, man. But I think this is the week to go back to him. I think this is the week he gets off. So I'm all in on Marlon Mack this week. I love that guy in this matchup at home. Uh, and on the flip side, yeah, it's it's Court it's Cortland Sutton for me, and that's about it. This Indianapolis defense is underrated. They're very good, and they're at home, and they're going to – and the only reason I'm even thinking about Cortland Sutton is because he's going to get such volume now. But, man, if you watch the last Joe Flacco game, you know exactly what you're dealing with. He, that's just a bad quarterback right there. So Sutton's going to have to do everything he can to bail him out. But I think, you know, he can do that – and uh, But it's Marlon Mack and Cordland Sutton for me, and nobody else is standing out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, all targets, all volume is not created equal, uh, I think is the rule when you're talking about Flacco. I mean, just bad. So uh, Sutton, Sutton's intriguing for sure. 5,300 on DraftKings, a, a great price there. So I think he'll be a, a popular play, but could be a cash game play as well. I think enough targets there. If Flacco can actually get him the damn ball. So Colts minus six at home, 44. I'm going to go with the Colts here, minus six. Chop, uh, any strong leans on either one of those? Colts also. All right, Derek, what do you got?
2: Three for three.
1: Colts it is, minus six, lock it in. All right, we'll move on to the three-game afternoon slate. The NFL does it to us once again. At least we get three instead of two, but still wish they'd spread things out a little bit. But nothing we can do about it at this point. So Carolina traveling to San Francisco here, the Niners. Minus five and a half on the line, 42 is where the total sits. So the Niners played in that ugly game in Washington, got things done, still undefeated. Did they roll here once again, Chop, and go undefeated again here against Carolina? Uh,
2: only three games – but at least they're good games they're interesting right. there's there's things in each one of these that I'm really intrigued about and, and this one yeah man so, something's gonna give now Either the you know the 49ers defense is gonna get uh, taken down a notch by Carolina or we're gonna see the first really bad Kyle Allen game so I'm interested to see what happens there and this defense how good it is what do they do with McCaffrey so personally my initial thoughts looking at it was I don't think I want to pay money for McCaffrey I, this defense seems like it's the real deal. So I don't think I need to spend that much money on him. I think he'll actually be contrarian this week and probably a good GPP play. But for me, I faded him in in better situations than this. So I can definitely fade him in this game. So I'm kind of out on McCaffrey this week. I'm, I'm, I'm out on this whole offense for Carolina. I just think that this Frisco defense at home is going to be too much. Hope it doesn't burn me. And on the flip side, I think uh, Tevin Coleman is a guy I'm highly highly interested in this week uh and the passing game not so much Grappolo hasn't been that good sanders is coming in but i don't trust a wide receiver switching teams midweek like this all i think he does is take snaps away from somebody who probably deserves it this week so i'm out on the passing game minus george kittle so kittle and coleman are the guys that i really like in this game
1: yeah, I mean, San Francisco will get the offense going. It was tough to, to do anything in those conditions. So if you're looking at scores and only seeing they scored nine, it just kind of – if you didn't see the game, it was a straight-up monsoon. I mean, guys are basically on a slip and slide. And after the game, the, 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 the Bosa sack and then sliding across half the field on his belly is pretty funny. But I think San Francisco controls this game, but – it's frustrating, there because what running back is it going to be? It seems to be Coleman is their favorite, but uh, they're going to get all these guys involved. And then what do we do with McCaffrey? Uh, is, is he that much matchup proof where defenses don't matter, we pay the 9200 or do you worry about it in this matchup against the Niners?
3: Now, I'll start with San Francisco. We've been complaining that they use too many skill position players as is, and now they bring in Emmanuel Sanders just to make it worse. I uh, gotta think he's gonna be a full-time player, but uh, I don't want to trust him. I think Chubb made a good point about bringing in a receiver from a different team halfway through the season. So yeah, I agree. I like Coleman a little bit. Uh, three games since coming back, he's had 16, uh, 20, and 22 touches. I know he's not gonna get you know 80% of the snaps or anything like that, but the touches are gonna be there. And uh, Panthers sneaky bad against the run. 30th in DVOA so far this season. So I like the Coleman call. And then McCaffrey on the other side, it's just an ownership play for me. If nobody's going to be on him, then I'll have some shares in tournaments. I don't want to use him in my main lineup. But um, if he's going to be low-owned, we've seen him, you know, play well in tough matchups so far this season. And if he's going to be, you know, 15 or higher uh, in terms of ownership, then uh, I'll gladly fade him. So, uh, for me, it's not a lot to like here. But uh, you may play Coleman with the Niners defense as a correlation play.
1: All right, minus 5.5 and 42. You're hitting the window with either of those.
3: Here. Uh, keep the Niners rolling. I'll take the five and a half.
1: Chop. You like either of those five and a half, forty-two?
2: Yeah, man. The Niners. If uh, I think that they, they're gonna a, a very rude awakening for Kyle Allen this week, so I like the Niners to roll.
1: I do as well. I think the Niners win by double digits here. So uh, McCaffrey, I think, is it could be a, a contrarian play at that price point, but I think the Niners control this game. I covered the five and a half. All right. Two games left for us here on the DFS OG's podcast here covering week. eight. appreciate you guys for tuning in next game for us. Oakland and Houston Texans, six and a half point favorites, 51 and a half on the total here. Derek, very intriguing game. The Raiders fought last week until Aaron Rodgers went nuts on them. Uh, But going to Houston, now they got to face Sean Watson. Is that simply a lock and load in cash games and what do we do in tournaments? Clearly, Oakland not able to stop quarterbacks in opposing wideouts
3: yeah it'll be interesting to see how many people go back to that well after you needed uh you know the Packers passing game with Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller I think a lot of people will just do that same thing with the Texans this week uh, bring it back with Jacobs and Waller once again but um it's hard not to like Deshaun Watson uh the Raiders now 30th in DVOA against the pass they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points of quarterbacks we know Watson can get it done through the air on his or through his legs whatever he likes so um yeah, I don't mind looking at him. You can pair him up with Hopkins. No Will Fuller. So I do think, you know, that's just going to lead to more and more targets towards Hopkins. Finally had that big game that we've been waiting for. Um, I think he's one of the safest plays uh, on the board in terms of receivers. And then yeah, you can play Stills. You can play QT. I uh, Don't really have a strong preference between the two. I think I would rather just pay up for Hopkins in this one. And then for the Raiders, it does sound like Tyrell's going to be back, if that's the case. Uh, Maybe you get him going a little bit. Uh, I think Waller's probably going to be the most popular tight end play after his breakout game. He continues to see a ton of targets each and every week. I think he's fine. Um, But chalky tight ends always scare me a little bit. And then – Jacobs, it's just a tough spot for me. I know he played well last week as a you know large underdog on the road, but I just worry about his involvement in the passing game, so I'll probably pass on Jacobs as well.
1: All right, Chop, what do you got here, Raiders and Texans?
2: Yeah, another game I'm looking forward to just because I did not expect the Raiders to be this good. I've said it a couple of times. Uh, I didn't expect them to be this good when Antonio Brown bailed on them, but – you know, they put up a heck of a fight in Green Bay last week, and they've won some games this year. So, I'm, a, I'm appreciating John Gruden more and more every – knock if you're with me. Knock if you're with me, man. John Gruden, he's, he's breaking it down. So, I like it, man. And, and Houston is always the type of team where they uh, they let teams like this hang around and beat them at home sometimes. So, I'd be leery if I was Houston. I'm with Derek on a lot of those calls. You know, Darren Waller's going to be popular. Don't mind him. Tyrell coming back. That's fine. I, I want to attack Houston through the air. And Houston on the other side is pretty much just a uh, – a, it's a one-trick pony for me. It's Deshaun and, to, and pairing with Hopkins and Stills. And those are – I actually like those uh, – that combination right there, that double stack, more than in, any other double stack or stack this week. I like Watson to Hopkins and Stills. That's where I'm going in this game.
1: All right, what are you liking on the line here? Six and a half, 51 and a half.
2: Mm, I'm going to take the over. I think it's going to be uh, a piece of me wants to go Oakland, but I just can't do it. Uh, but I, So in, instead of that, I'll take the over.
1: All right, Derek, what do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: give me oh, – It's tough. I, I don't trust the Raiders, but they keep, continue to play better, and I think they will. Uh, but I'll still take the Texans.
1: Uh, I'm going to go over here. I I, I agree with you, Chop. When you think Houston's going to roll somebody, they they let them in the game. I don't believe enough in the Raiders to to keep it that close, but I do think uh, they can score some points. So roundabout way of saying I'm going over on that 51 and a half. All right, last game for us here. Cleveland going to New England. Big underdogs here, 45 and a half on the total. The question is always, what is New England going to do? They're going to beat you with the run, the pass. Chop, if you want to get into some breaking Josh Gordon news, we know you're our, our, our crack reporter here. So, <laughs> a lot going on as we record the show with Josh Gordon. But uh, big home favorites for New England. Can Cleveland possibly right the ship here against easily the best defense in the league?
2: Well, I mean, we're, we're shooting this on Wednesday. And, and uh, we got news earlier today that Josh Gordon was placed on the IR with a bum knee. So... You know, we're sitting here going into the show thinking uh, that that's it for his year. That you know that knee injury he suffered did it, and that was that was it. And and now 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 we're getting like these vague reports that he's hoping to. Uh, Workout like I read one, he was working out and he was doing really well in a workout. He hopes to get off this IR and go to a new team or something like that's totally shocking stuff, right there. Like, you're I thought his season was over with with the Patriots. He showed no signs of being not happy there. So, anyway, long story short. This guy could end up on another team this year. It's so odd. What and what would be ironic is if he ended up on some other team and it, with Antonio Brown, that would be crazy <laughs> stuff right there, man, but that's really far-fetched. But yeah, Josh Gordon's not there now. The bottom line is whether he's going to another team or not. He they've placed him on the IR. He's done in New England. So, you know, now you can fire up all that on you want because there are no there are no um, Nobody – like, it wasn't that long ago we were looking at Gordon, Brown, Edelman, Dorsett, James White. There were so many targets. Benjamin Watson was going to come back. There was going to be a lot of guys to, to get to eat at these targets. Now Edelman's out there on an island. He's going to eat for the rest of the year as long as he stays healthy. So, we can fire him up in the PPR action every single week from here on out. Sanu may even make a splash this week. But I would I wouldn't even – I would I would want Edelman first and foremost, and some James White too, coming out of the backfield catching passes, and that's that would be where my New England leans are. But I actually like Cleveland a little bit more this week than most people are going to against that vaunted New England defense. I think they get it done somehow. It's either going to be Nick Chubb, who's been very good, or Odell gets it rolling. One of those one of those two entities is going to get going in this game coming off of a bye week I think they're going to have a good game this week so I don't know which one yet it's going to be where it's going to be Mayfield to Beckham and Mayfield to Landry or if it's going to be a Nick Chubb game but they're going to score some points in this game I think I think that's 16 team total is is way too low on that team so I think it's gonna be a competitive game
1: I, I agree with you I think nobody's gonna to want to play Cleveland so figuring out going with Beckham or Chubb and get smart uh, the Patriots I think it's trying to figure out the, the next receiver is it Dorsett if he plays Sanu was brought in. Uh, they paid a pretty big price uh, for Muhammad Sanu, so we could always get into that as well. People bashing the Amari Cooper trade. Nothing said about the Sanu trade. In fact, a lot of, a lot of uh, congrats to the Patriots on that deal. But I mean, that's, that's a big price to pay for an aging receiver. And then you have Jacoby Myers as well, who, who's looked good with his opportunity. So, Derek, I, any of those three uh, interesting. Outside of the, the rest of the analysis here, Dorsett, Sanu, Myers – Any of those going to be, uh, I wouldn't say core plays for you, but I think those are important pieces to try to figure out which one it's going to be.
3: That's funny. When the Patriots make a move, we all just assume that they know what they're doing. Um, (laughs) They could have given him five first-round picks for him. We'd be like, okay, yeah, uh, he must be really good. Good work. work. Yeah, it's it's strange, but it's hard to uh, go against him at this point. Yeah, in terms of the, you know, secondary receivers, I'd probably lean towards Dorsett. Uh, He's not that much more than Sanu and Myers, and uh, we've seen him catch some touchdowns this year, Uh, but I agree with Chop. I think this is the Edelman game. Uh, I think he has a big outing in this one. Also, like James White, you know, Sonny Michel got the three touchdowns last week, but he's just not, he doesn't look good. He's not breaking any tackles. Uh, he's He's going down the very first hit that he takes. So I like James White in this one, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings and, then you can play him with Edelman. You can maybe stack him with Brady if you want to. But uh, unlike you guys, I don't know what I want to bring it back with on the Cleveland side. Patriots are number one against quarterbacks, number one against running backs, number one against receivers, number one against tight ends. Uh, they're basically the Christian McCaffrey of defenses this season. They've scored double-digit fantasy points every single week. Uh, they scored 25 fantasy points in four weeks already. And they're 4300 um, Do you guys dare pay that price point, or are you just going to continue to lose money? Because I continue to lose money
1: by fading them. I, 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 I've i played them some, but probably not enough as I should. Uh, I I think Cleveland can score some points here. You know, you look at some of the teams New England has played, they're pretty much the misfits of the league. I mean, they, they had about the best schedule you could ask for. So somebody's going to put up some points eventually. I think Cleveland can do that. So... I'm going to bail on the New England defense. Chop, what do you think here?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm much more likely to have zero shares of New England's defense than I am to have like 20%. I don't. Maybe they end up in a couple of lineups that I build with a lineup builder, but not. I'm not on them this week at all.
1: All right, let's take a look at the line. 13, like I mentioned, 45 and a half. So, Derek, uh, either of those for you. <laughs>
3: Nah, I don't like either one, to be honest
2: with you. All
1: right, no pick there. Chop, what do you got here? 13, 45 and a half.
2: Oh, yeah, lock me in on Cleveland here. I think they're going to keep this thing competitive coming off of the bye week.
1: All right, I'm going to go over here. I do think Cleveland scores points. I don't know if they keep it close enough, but I think they're 45 and a half. A little bit too low, so I'll go the over there on that. And that will wrap us up here for week eight. Guys, any final thoughts for the peeps out there here? Uh, game selection, game theory, must plays, whatever you want to talk about. So, Chop, we'll go to you first.
2: Uh, you know, it's flying by again, man. We're already in week eight. Now Now, this is the first week that we're playing where we got NBA stuff, too, going on. So that's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just uh, – it's a fun time of year. We got a lot of stuff going on. Don't blow all your money in one place is all I can tell you because I certainly – can't give you any picks right now. I've been running cold for a few weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it gets tough when you have multiple sports. Uh, I think that's the key is really bankroll management and planning things out. Don't take all your NFL winnings and throw them all in the NBA. So, so balancing the two sports, the three sports, some people playing four or five sports right now. So uh, just be smart about it. But halfway done, enjoy it while we got it because we're already on week eight. So, Derek, final thoughts to wrap us up here for week eight
3: yeah soccer dave would say i'll ring the corporate bell here and uh, if you're playing multiple sports you can get premium access for all the sports for 39.99 a month it's uh, probably the best deal that you can find so uh, i would check that out um, because it's hard to do all this uh, research on your own Uh, and you can save a lot of time by just trusting the experts pretty much uh, any content that you want to look at regardless of which sport you play
1: yeah absolutely i mean a, a great value there lots of content so ringing that corporate bell we like it so Thank you once again, guys, for tuning in. We love doing the show. Glad you guys enjoy it. Uh, Any questions, you can always hit us up on Roto Grinders or on Twitter. So, for my boys, Notorious Head Chopper, I am Beer Sansalu. Best of luck here in Week 8, and you'll see us right back here again next week. Good luck, guys, and we're out of here.